Welcome to episode two. I'm sorry, I just always kind of want to do that. Uh, but welcome back to uh, second episode of 2023. Uh, this is your host, uh, Paul Crosby with Money Live. Very excited to get into this episode. So if you haven't, first time listening to us, uh, definitely uh, make sure to like, share, wherever you listen to podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you were here last week, we were talking about how a lot of traditional finance advice in 2023 is going to look a little bit different. And so this episode's kind of revisiting some of those basic things and figuring out how it applies now. So for instance, for a lot of us in 2023, we usually end up in a few camps. You've either been working and are consistently working and nothing really changes for you. Uh, you've been recently laid off or you're afraid of being laid off and you're going to have to deal with that new scenario. Or for instance, you've never had a job or you're experiencing some something in your business, your personal life, where you're in a situation, well, not personal, but financial, where you're trying to get yourself out of a hole. So I always tell people you might be in a hole, in a plateau, on the peak, essentially. So going up, going down, however. So what I always tell people is you got to always start at the basics. So a lot of times people want to go to the budget. And companies, governments, a lot of different, and even regular people, when times get tough, people cut funding. And so I wanted to dive into that a little bit because I want to go through what a budget should be and kind of how this works. So typically, when you set a budget, the first goal is always to set up the money is to pay yourself first. So if you make, I use the example, $3,000 a month, you should be making sure that you get to keep and invest somewhere between three to 500 from there, you then go to bills that you absolutely have to pay. These are things like your rent. These are utilities like water and electricity. And to some degree, Internet, get into that a little bit later. You can kind of move around with that one. But these are things where, for whatever reason, you didn't pay it, you would be screwed. Uh, it would actually greatly affect your life. Right below those are things that are pretty close to being essential to pay. So things like your car payment, because you need to be able to get around. And at some places in the country or in your country, depending on where you're listening to this, uh, you might not have public transportation. You might not have bikes, e-bikes, the ability to walk reasonably walk from where you are to where uh, you will be making money. And then things like cell phone and internet kind of come in both sets because for some people, those are essential to make money for others. They're just really nice to have. Outside of that, next you're supposed to be working on discretionary income. And this is where you're actually supposed to be cutting. So discretionary income is hard for people in the West because it's very difficult for people to understand that there are things that you actually need, food, water, shelter, and there are things that you want. Being able to go out to eat, being able to buy things, getting the newest iPhone, the most upgraded cell phone plan. So when you're cutting, these are things where you're not necessarily looking to drop all of these things, but you are looking to say, hey, what do I absolutely need? And is there a way for me to reduce the cost of what I'm getting? So a good example is a lot of people need to have a cell phone. So what that works out to is you might not need the top tier Verizon, AT&T, 
uh, plan. You might be able to go to T-Mobile. You might be able to jump on a family plan and bring the cost down. Uh, you might see if your job has any kind of benefits or if maybe there's a way for you to get a business line because of the work that you do to reduce cost or at least to make it so these things can be tax deductible. Same thing with things like going to eat out to eat at restaurants. Like, hey, are you going out to eat to meet a client? Is that part of your job? If it's not, try to go out to eat with other people. Try to get into a situation where maybe you and a couple friends go buy something and you split it. You go to a nice Italian restaurant. Uh, I always think of Buca di Beppo here in Ohio, where you can get a giant big old plate of spaghetti that reasonably none of you are going to finish and decide, okay, great, so I'm going to eat this much, this person's going to eat this much, and call it a day. So that way you get into a situation where you are actually able to afford going out to eat. It's not a financial headache for you, and you still get the benefit of all the company that you got to keep. So essentially what it comes down to with budgeting is some of it is cutting. And that's something that a lot of people are pretty easily able to do. You drop subscriptions. Uh, you cut things out cold turkey. A simpler and sometimes better way to do it, though, is crowdfunding it, for lack of a better term. What, can you, what do you buy that you could buy together with other people? So groceries, for instance. Instead of just saying, oh, well, you know, we're only going to eat rice and beans, maybe you switch to Costco. Maybe you go to Sam's Club or BJ's or one of these giant stores where you buy things in bulk and you start buying stuff, splitting it up with people, and having them pay you. Similar thing could be said for eating out. Maybe you do eat out. You can't go to a big old pasta restaurant. Maybe you take the bill and you have everyone Venmo you. And if you've been following some of the advice we gave in the, in the episodes before, you have a cashback credit card where you're earning 3 4% at restaurants and you're able to use those additional funds to bolster your savings or to put money towards um, some debt that you might have. So those are kind of how those expenses work. Um, I mentioned before, one of the big things I always tell people with Money Lives is everyone is a business. It just is up to you whether you end up going forward with that business in a way that produces a lot of income for you. So I always tell people, think about what you're doing, and is there a way for you to maybe turn your living situation into a business? So for some people... They're like, oh, well, I'm an engineer. Oh, I do this. Does your job allow you to file your whole file yourself under an LLC, incorporate yourself, and get paid that way? Because then maybe you could deduct some of these things, your expenses, your rent, your phone. You can charge yourself to rent, you know, to rent or your mortgage, things like that. So the whole thing is you have to get creative with reducing expenses. And it's not always just as simple as cutting something off. Sometimes it's like, hey, how can I bring in revenue with this expense? Uh, I try to post a link, but I don't want to share because I haven't used it myself. But there's a lot of places where if you have extra cell phone bandwidth, they'll pay you for that. Or you get in situations where you go to stores where there's coupons, there's affiliate codes, there's referral codes. You do this, and they pay you this. So, I mean, that's a way to think of it when you're trying to reduce expenses is like, hey, am I able to refer someone to a Verizon, a T-Mobile, a Spectrum, um, you know, share 
this coupon, General Mills, whatever. Is there a way for me to share this and to receive some of the revenue so that way my personal expenses are dropped? Next, you kind of want to then go, okay, you've tried to pull down your expenses as much as you can. Um, ideally, everyone should talk to a tax advisor because you lose about 30% of your income that way as well. Now that you've fixed the bucket and you've made it so all the water you're pouring into your bucket, you get, you get to keep as much as possible. Now you focus on how can I increase my income? So you look at things like, okay, how much am I making at my job? Is it time for me to redo my resume and go out into the world and try to get a raise? One of the reasons why this is the best, even if you're not intending to leave your job, is often a lot of places won't consider giving you as large of a raise until they realize they're going to lose you. And then in typical human nature, they go, oh, shoot, we can't lose this person. They're so valuable. Well, we'll do what we can to retain them because we don't want to pay XYZ dollars to train and hire someone new. So whereas you may have not gotten a 2 to 5% raise over the course of the years, you might be able to negotiate 10 to 15%. Um, I've worked with a lot of friends, family, and clients where I've been able to help them negotiate 20 and 30% increases because they're able to get a competitive quote from another competitor or someone in a different industry that says, hey, you know, we'll bring you in here or we'll give you a sign-on bonus for this. Just different ways for you to get creative and say, hey, how can I make this situation best for me and my family in a situation where companies are trying their best not to have to bring in new talent or uh, create additional expenses. Uh, but that's all for now. Like I said, we'll talk about side hustles specifically and dive a little bit more into the how-tos of negotiating how all that would work. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, kind of touching on some of the budget aspects, and look forward to seeing you in the next one.